Welcome to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and find deeper purpose and meaning in your walk with Christ. If you would like more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org. Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus saith, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, These things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus saith unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Um, this is... Of course, the last few weeks we, we've talked about and talking about Im- imputed righteousness, righteousness uh, uh, in general, and, and today we're going to see a little bit of, of that in action, right? The story, uh, I've got a few observations in this story about what they would, uh, uh, has been labeled the rich young ruler, um, although we have no indication as to his age, whether he was young or not, we know only that he has been keeping the commandments since his youth. Um, we do know that he had great possessions. But some observations that, that we find when we read this story is that he started out having been one who had kept the commandments, asking what thing it was he should do to gain eternal life. Now, if you'll remember over the last few weeks as we've been talking about uh, righteousness through faith and, and all this, we understand that righteousness, eternal life, doesn't come through things we do, right? Yeah, thank you, Keith. <laughs> yeah, righteousness doesn't come through what we do. It's a product of putting our faith in Christ. It's imputed right. It's His righteousness that is put on us because of our faith in Him. Now, when this uh, rich young ruler comes and he asks, the first thing he says, what good thing is it that I should do to get eternal life? This is our default um, idea of how it is to get saved, right? What big good thing is it that I need to do so I can be a Christian? What is it that I need to do to inherit eternal life? Uh, A story comes to mind uh, back in the Old Testament, a guy by the name of Naaman who had came to see Elijah because Naaman was a leper. He had leprosy, real bad, right? But he was this great captain of the Syrian army. He comes to see uh, Elijah, and, and here he is, and he says, Hey, I come to see you. Tell me what it is I need to do. And, and Elijah doesn't even come out and visit him. He sends his messenger. He says, Go down and, and go down to the river Jordan and dip seven times, and when you do that, you'll come up clean. He's furious. Naaman is furious. 
Why is he furious? Because in his mind he had this expectation that the prophet himself would come out, would do something to him, and he would recover. But, but he says to his servant, he said, we've got, this is old muddy river, i got better rivers at home, I could have done this at home. Why, what's going on? He was furious. Because he thought that he had to do some big thing to see his healing happen. Well, his servant says to him, he said, listen, if he would have told you to do some great feat, you would have done it. Why won't you do just the, the easy thing and go down here and dip? Go down here in the water. So finally, Naaman did. And when he did that, he came up after that seventh time. Seventh time he goes down. A leper comes back up clean. His skin was like it was baby skin. But what we learn is our default position is there must be some good thing that I should do to inherit eternal life or to gain eternal life. I have to earn it somehow. You can't. There is not a feat that a person could perform that is great enough to gain your own salvation. In the imagination of, of men through all times, there is no great a feat that is great enough to bring you salvation. Now, Jesus' response, now you'll remember, like I said, as we've been talking over the last few weeks, we know that the law came, right? Uh, Romans chapter 3, it said that, that every mouth would be shut and all would be guilty before God. Okay? So, Jesus' response to him when he says, what good thing must I do to, to gain eternal life? Jesus says to him, well, if you tried the law, what about the commandments? You know? Don't kill, don't steal, don't do all these things. You know, Have you tried that? Well, we understand that there's no salvation through the law because that wasn't the purpose of the law. The law was just so we knew what sin was and, and it brought us to the point where we understood our guilt before God. Romans chapter 3, it, it's right in there, you can read it. It's exactly what it says. It all would be guilty. So Jesus says, hey, what about the law? Have you tried it? And he says, yes, I've done all that from my youth up. But, right, and we read this in verse 20. He said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Now, we have to understand something here. That he had done good things. This rich young ruler, this gentleman who's talking to Jesus, he had done good things. He had, he had kept the commandments from his youth up. He had already done these things, but yet he understood something inside of him that those things just weren't enough. He still was lacking something. And what you'll find, a, a life of just doing the right things isn't the kind of life that gets you to heaven. That's fact. Doing the right things, hey, it's good, I'm not complaining. If, if you're doing the right things, I'm glad you are. But you'll find there's still something 
that you lack. So now Jesus, is, Jesus comes back to him with this. Forsake the world. Step out in faith and follow me. That's what he says. He says, sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. You have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. Now, one of the, one of the difficult things that we find in this scripture is this idea that Jesus would ask him to sell everything he has. Right? <gasps> Why would Jesus do that? Well, it's, it's very simply this. In order for us to follow Christ, we have to disconnect from the world. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? Does that mean you have to sell everything you have? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. One of the, one of the things that, that I've come to understand as I've gotten older is that if we're not careful, this world really gets a hold and gets a power over you. I was, <laughs> I'm going to tell myself, I was, I was sitting around the other day and, and uh, you know, I've got a couple different things going on and, and uh, uh, you know, some, some place I'm going to have to spend some money and to fix some things and, and do some of that stuff. And I'm like, gosh, maybe I need to go in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go in and ask me for another raise. That's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to have more money so I can have more things and, and do this. You know what I mean? Because you start looking at the checkbook and it's like, wow, it's starting to get tight. Things are getting, you know, everything. And you start looking at life through that. And, and then you sit back and you're like, well, such and such out there. Look at them. They're out doing all kinds of awful, wicked stuff. And look at how they're prospering. And I remember there, there, there's actually in Psalms, David, David, David said the same thing. He's like, I was looking around at all these wicked people and how they're prospering. He said, and my feet almost slipped. But then I remembered. Then I remembered. I was reminded of what their fate is. Then I understood where all that leads. And we have to be careful sometimes because everything in the world says, you know what you really need to solve all your problems? Just more of the world. If you want to fix all the things that are going on in your life, all you need is more of everything that you've already got. Everything that's already leaving you unsatisfied, if you can just get more of that, then you'll be satisfied. But that's not true, is it? That's not true. You can give more and more and more and still be just as empty as you are. If we want to find eternal life, if we want to find true fulfillment, we have to disconnect from the world. And that disconnection doesn't mean we have to sell everything necessarily, but what it does mean is we have to come to the understanding that the things of this world aren't the, the top priority in our life. They aren't the things that matter. They aren't the things we need. One of the things I realize is that the Lord's called me into ministry. In order to do that ministry, I need a house, I need a car, I need clothes, I need some food. There are things that I need. Praise the Lord, he, He's blessed me and He's given me some, a lot of things, really, that I don't need, but He's given me anyways. 
But if we're not careful, we let the things that we have, the needs of this life, to get such a hold on us that we elevate them above the things of God, the things that bring true fulfillment, the things, the things that he lacked, the things that this rich young ruler was still looking for. Even though he, had, he was rich, he had great possessions, he had kept all the law, he, he had looked at this illegal righteousness, and, and it, it doesn't work, right? He had everything he, he wanted. He had kept the law... But yet he still knew that he lacked one thing. And ultimately, at the end of the day, he walked away sad, disappointed, because what he couldn't do was let go of the things that had a hold of him. One of the biggest dangers we have in life isn't the things we hold on to, it's the things that get a hold of us. That get a hold of our life and, 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 and we are so, so committed to keeping those things that every choice we make, everything we do is all in an attempt to maintain or build our worldly empire. If you want, listen, I, I know this isn't easy, easy amen preaching, is it? But the truth is, is if you want to find contentment in Christ, if you want to find what it means to have abundant life, if you want to know Christ intimately, you've got to disconnect. You've, you've got to break the hold that the world has on you. doesn't mean you have to sell everything. Maybe it is. Maybe the Lord says, hey, you need to sell everything. And if that's the case, you need to do that. But probably not. But what it really does mean is you have to understand what the real value of that is. We have to break that, that idea that we have in our mind that this is what it's all about. We have to get past the place where we, our priority becomes the things of this world. And then, maybe our spirituality somewhere down the line. We learn quickly through this story that to find eternal life, we have to cut loose of the world. And we have to stop looking towards Legal righteousness. I'm going to talk about this just for a minute. See, he had kept the rules. Was done, had done what was expected of him. But he couldn't find righteousness in that. I want to say this this morning, and, and I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say, and, and don't take this wrong, but coming to church... out of obligation isn't the thing you're going to find fulfillment in. Well, it's Sunday. Better go to church. Got to. Because if I don't go to church, 
I didn't check off my checkbox for this week, being at church. You, you can do that and still be missing out. If you think your righteousness is based on how much you attend church, you're wrong. If you think your righteousness is based on how good of a person you are, you're wrong. That's, that's legal righteousness. Because you meet certain criteria, you're righteous. That's, that's not it. You missed the boat. That's not what Jesus is saying. You know what Jesus said? He said, hey, disconnect from the world. Step out in faith. Come follow me. Chase after me. Go where I go. Do what I do. Be a follower of me. And I'm telling you, as a body of believers, if we sit here thinking that our church attendance, just filling the pew, or being good people, and doing this and doing that, and checking off our boxes this week, is going to make us close to Christ, is going to make us powerful ministers of the gospel, we're dead wrong. We've lost the power of what it means to have a relationship with Christ if that becomes our concept of what it means to be His. You might as well bury us because we're dead. Because the truth of the matter is, until we forsake this legal righteousness, we're not going to get to heaven. What you need this morning is you need a relationship with Jesus. One of the things I've always found interesting about this story is, is that the call that was made to this man, who walked away disappointed, who, who walked away discouraged, who, who um, when, when he left, he was sorrowful. You don't know one of the things I find so ironic? Is when you hear Jesus Christ, Tell people to come follow me. You know, most of the... I mean, when we read the scripture and you hear a story about Jesus saying to someone, come follow me. You know who he's usually saying it to? A disciple. One of the people who he is calling, a direct calling by Christ to follow him. This is the same way he called Peter, same way he called Andrew, same way he called John. This is how those guys were called. Jesus says, come follow me. When he's out talking to a big crowd, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't make uh, big statements. He says, hey, everybody come follow. No, but he's, he's actually, he's making the, a discipleship call to this man. He had great potential. It was all there. Right here was a discipleship call. And what I'm telling you today is, listen, we, we can't get by with just being part of the crowd, being someone who's just observing what Jesus is doing. If we really want to know what it means to have eternal life, we've got to become a disciple of Christ. Follow Him. Wrap up here. Having eternal life is not keeping rules. Having eternal life is not having plenty of stuff. Having eternal life isn't checking off certain boxes and meeting certain criteria. Having eternal life isn't being better than other people we know. Having eternal life is none of those things. But what it is, 
is being a person who follows after Christ and not the things of this world. It's about having a relationship with Jesus where we've given Him our life and made Him Lord of our life. It's about being committed to whatever it is that He calls us to do. That's what we're going to do. I will tell you, uh, if, you're, if you're trying this legal righteousness, what you're going to find is, is, is you, you become a minimalist in your Christian walk. Okay. Legal righteousness, the, the checkbox thing. Okay. You end up becoming a minimalist. You want to do as little as possible, but still check the right boxes. Right? Yeah, because that, that, that's human nature. Think about people at work. Maybe you've worked with from time to time. You know what they try to do? They want to do as little as they can do and still skate by. Did you hate working with people like that? Yeah. They drive you nuts. Especially if you're out there, you're just getting it. Man, you're doing what it takes to get the job done. You're really working hard. And, and, and you're doing it because, you, you, man, this is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. But, but then you've got this, this guy over here. Man, he's, he's doing just enough so he don't get fired. Just enough. So when the, and maybe they'll sit there all day. Oh, here comes the boss. They just pulled up in the truck. Let me go work. You know? Or, hey, nobody's watching. And it's minimalist. When, when, you, when you start ascribing to legal righteousness, nine times out of ten, you become a minimalist. It can look different. It can look different. Because maybe, maybe what you think the minimum is to get to heaven is more than what someone else thinks the minimum is. But it's still, you're doing just what you think is required to get to heaven. That's not what Jesus wants. He wants people who do what's necessary to see other people get to heaven. What gets other people fired up about Jesus what spreads the gospel to others. Legal righteousness is, is all, it's all about us, what it takes for us to get what we need to, to get so we can get to heaven. But, but real righteousness is looking what can, what can happen in my life that gets other people to heaven. When you truly love Christ, when you truly love, when you truly love Him with all your heart, you are out there spreading the gospel. This morning... Having eternal life, being a Christian, maybe isn't what we've always thought it is, or the concept that we had. Maybe the, maybe the concept you had was, man, if I can just do these things. If I... Maybe this morning, maybe there, there are people here who, you're like, I, I've just been checking boxes. That's what my Christian experience has amounted to. This morning, as Jesus said to this, this man here, he's speaking to all of us this morning, come, follow me. Step out in faith this morning. Follow him wherever he leads. Mickey, can we get a song? Thank you for listening to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and that you will share this with your family and friends. For more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, 
please visit us at stockdaleucc.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at stockdale underscore UCC.